year. Welcome to the Halftime Report, powered by Sports Cannabis. I'm your host, E-Ray. I am here with my man, Avery. Avery, what's the deal? How you feeling? All that good shit was going on with you. How you been? I'm good, man. I've been grinding. My uh, my my official running season kicks off here in a few months, so uh, things have really started to ramp up, and um, training is in full effect. Uh, finally, finally making the official transition from where um, I'm relaxing through a, g- a good portion of the winter into uh, full on eight hour days of, of training. God damn, training for eight hours. That sounds ridiculous. We was just talking about how ball players, like you got four or five hours a day and then you're done. And that's like two of them dedicated to lifting and stretching. So God bless you for training for eight hours. But we're going to get into the running in a minute. We're going to jump right into it. This is sports cannabis. You know what I mean? We're talking about cannabis. And what was your aha moment with, with weed? I just I call it what it is. What was yeah, your like? Yeah, yeah, All right, I no, like this. That's exactly what it is. Um, and that was in sophomore year of college. Uh, I actually I was living with a really good friend of mine from high school, and we were both um, cannabis consumers and advocates. And you know, at the time, it was more of a uh, social thing for me. And it was usually a, how I kind of want ended my day, you know, you work all day long, go for a run. And I, and I was, I was a runner at the time and then get home and then just totally wind things down and relax. And one night my buddy said, why don't you toke up before you go for a run? And like, I had never, ever thought about that. It never crossed my mind. <laughs> so the next day, went ahead and gave it a try and it was I mean it was incredible it was a really good time and um I mean that was a decade ago 11 years ago now um I've I've always been a cannabis consumer I've always been a an athlete and it wasn't really until college when um you know I, I gave up basketball and got into running that um I started to mix the two and you know, it's really, I think it's been a pretty, pretty in, played an integral role in my success. Mm-hmm. And also uh, it's, it's just naturally I'm the type of person that wakes up plenty motivated every day. And I think oftentimes um, what it's done for me is actually pull me in and rein me in because um, in this sport, it's just, it's really easy to actually get injured and overdo things. The average yeah. professional, average professional athlete lasts 18 months. Um, and I've been doing this for 10 years and, um, you know, it's just really giving me perspective more than anything. I've heard this whole runner's high shit. You understand I'm a ball player, so I don't fuck that run is a punishment in my eyes. Like I I could never just, I do it now that I'm older. I'm not playing. I appreciate just stepping out and going for like a nighttime run or a morning run, but I never understood that runner's high shit. But what is different between the runner's high and running high? Cause you, you said that you, something clicked that first day that you did it. So what is the difference between the two? Well, first I want to start with runner's high is Mm -hmm. the same thing as Hooper's high. It's when you're, it's when you're hot, it's when you hit a three and you come back down and you've got, you've got, you've got a man wide open, but you pull up anyway. It's like, (laughs) it's the same, it's the same thing. It's the same thing, man. man. (laughs) it's 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 when confidence is at all-time high and we've Mm -hmm. been if you're an athlete you've had that experience and I mean it doesn't even matter if you're a hobby athlete or a hobby basketball player there's always these moments where you're feeling it where you're feeling good it's the same exact thing 
And what cannabis does for running specifically is it prolongs that feeling. It prolongs that runner's high. It makes it, you know, instead of you've got these 30 incredible minutes, it's 60 or 90 of, of, you know, a really euphoric feeling. And it's, it's not, it's not performance related. It's, it's mental. It's just like in basketball, this is not this like that. Yeah. You are performing and you've done the conditioning to be able to do what you're doing. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's mental. Like if you're confident, you're going to do whatever you want on the court. And if you're confident in running, you're going to do whatever you want out on the trail or in the mountains or wherever it may be. Yeah. I feel you. Uh, good, good explanation. Good explanation. So, so why ultra marathon running? I, I, I know there's, you know, there's, it's not like ball where obviously like everybody's kind of trying to play professional ball. So, you know, for me, I played overseas. I did the summer league thing with the Sixers, but it's all kind of going in one direction, but with running, y'all seem to have a, a wider range of things to choose from um, as far as what you want to focus on. So why for you was the ultra marathon running? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's definitely a lot more subcultures within, within running or, or niches mm-hmm. that you can find yourself in. Um, and ultra running. So ultra running was the start. And then I would say I'm even more in a niche culture of ultra running that I would say is, excuse me, specific to mountain ultra running. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think my very first experience, which was back in 2013, I did a, did a mountain run with some friends. They invited me on it. I had never ran in the mountains before. I had done a couple of flat ultras and uh, there's just, there's so much more to it. Your mind is always constantly engaged because there's rocks and there's roots and there's climbing and descending. And it's, it's just, it's vastly different from something like road running. That is, uh, there's less mental engagement and some would even argue maybe there's more just like pure athleticism involved um i mean it's that's definitely highly debatable but for me it was just the passion of just running in the mountains was a lot more fun than than running on the road um and then it just it progressed from there so what was Um, it though like what i'm about to say like because was it the challenge of the mountains yeah yeah exactly exactly that i mean and yeah you're right because you talked about the competitiveness i was like (laughs) yeah yeah no i'm saying you talk about the competitiveness so i feel like they go hand in hand right yeah, yeah. And, you know, I didn't get into ultra running thinking, you know, from the jump that I was going to be a professional athlete or a professional ultra runner. I got into it because ignorantly at the time, I didn't realize there was other people doing the same shit. I was in college and I just thought I, I signed up for my first 50 miler and I thought there's nobody my age doing this. This is crazy. And, you know, I went out and did it and like I actually found that I really, really, really enjoyed the absolute shittiest moments of the race it was pushing through those and finding out that like I'm way tougher than I thought I was and and like I said but at the same time ignorantly I thought I was doing something special I was doing nothing special man there was (laughs) thousands upon thousands of people doing the same thing much faster and that was when that competitiveness came into play and it was starting to be more of the question of well can I do what that person's doing but originally you know, I just wanted to do it to see what I was capable of. And sure enough, I found out like that pain that came with the first 50 miler I did was 
something that man i really really enjoyed i mean my my knees were so fucked and i and i absolutely <laughs> loved it <laughs> i love that no 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 I, I you you hear anybody who's who's great at it, especially with something um anything that takes a practice of discipline you have to love the tom brady has spoke about it michael jordan has spoke about it any great speaks about it that you have to fall in love with that shit that most people shy away from so I, I'm listening to you talk about the competitiveness. I can hear the passion come through as far as like, no, the idea of overcoming what I thought was my previous limit um, is, is the reward. That is the competitiveness. So I got to ask you, did, did cannabis help with that, that kind of tapping into that thing that allows you to be like, all right, it's me versus me. How do I end up better than I was yesterday? Like the cannabis help with that journey or is it pretty much been something that's been, you know, across the board your entire life? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question because uh, cannabis came into play when I was I wasn't living in Colorado at the time, and yeah. um, the, the the trail running was not fun. It was monotonous. It was boring and flat, and oftentimes through the city, it just wasn't my jam. Like, so it you know it kind of started out as something that actually helps me mentally relocate myself and be in the mountains or be at the beach or be somewhere that was you know, just aesthetically more beautiful. Uh, and in time, you know what, I would not say that cannabis had really ever made me more competitive, but in time, I think what it did for me was actually um, looking at a schedule from week to week, taking days, two or three days a week to just run easy and not run so hard. Um, yeah. It just, it, you know, it helps me kind of, uh, pinpoint focus on things that I need to work on. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I've, I've had arguments with people in the past that, you know, maybe they'll say that like that cannabis makes you push through things that without you couldn't. And the truth is, is like, I mean, most of the time I start feeling shit more, like I'm just that yes. more, you're I'm more aware more, of, I'm more aware of it. And that's why it was so integral and in just doing like reining it in, let's just take it easy and like most of the time when I'm running really, really hard, strenuous workouts, I'm actually not, um, I'm not using cannabis at all for those. Those are the, those are the runs that I need to be a little more dialed and focused for. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like when it comes to like going out and spending a half a day to a full day in the mountains of just me by myself, just having fun. I mean, the, the cannabis just adds to the experience, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. say I'm ever looking for any particular result out of it. It's just that. Yeah it just makes it, it's just an incredible experience. <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right. So I, I got to ask, is it a performance enhancing drug? No, no. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Clean I answer. mean, the Clean truth, answer. you know, I've, I've, I've had, I mean, I've, doing it for 10 years now, I can actually compare results and it's not. <laughs> yeah. You would actually, you would say that it actually makes things more difficult, right? Um, it, I wouldn't say it makes things more difficult, but there's nothing, there's nothing performance enhancing about, I mean, my times d directly reflect that. And I'll say this yeah. much. I think this is always why I would say it's not is because if you gave me the option at the starting line of a hundred mile race to use or to not, oh, hell no, I'm not going to run hundred <laughs> miles. I'm not going to run hundred yeah. miles and try to smoke some weed in between the race. Like <laughs> that's a fucking terrible idea. 
No, obviously I said the same thing. I just, it's, to me, it's an argument. You know what I mean? It goes back and forth. And to me, it's like, I think, and this actually leads to my next question, but I think it allows you to process things mentally at a different rate. And to me, the people who argue for it being a performance enhancer, I guess that's what they could go against. But it's like, all right, well, why don't you give somebody shit for meditating or praying before, you know, a race or a competition? But anyway, my next question was, um, I'm a movie guy. You know what I mean? I'm a movie guy. Before any sport, I'm a movie guy through and through. It actually got me further into sport by watching documentaries and movies. I remember watching the Fab Five one where I was like, yo. I want to play at a big time college now. Like this shit looks incredible. I want to be a part of something like this. But I say all that to say, I got to imagine you were talking about the beautiful landscapes and like running the beach or the mountains and things like that. There has to be a cinematic moment you had involving cannabis where you were running and it was just like, all right, everything is kind of coming together or you, 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 you hit another notch in the belt as far as like how far you could push yourself. So walk us through that moment involving cannabis where you were running rather than yeah. on a beach or a mountain where you were just like if this shit had yeah, to be a yeah. film this is the scene i mean you're you're hitting the nail on the head um i mean this question and the statement you made just prior to this about it, it seems like you're kind of hinting at is it a mental like a, there's like a mental enhancing per, about yes. mental enhancing effect in terms of performance and and that I'd have to say for me, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because I can't tell you how many times I've been running on the treadmill and like, you know, you're staring at a blank wall and yet I've been on it for four hours. And the whole time I've literally been locked into this, like running on this trail that I've been on in the past, you know, four years ago, I was running on say um, a trail called the backbone trail on the Santa Monica mountains in California. And here I am on the treadmill and like, that's exactly what I'm thinking about the entire time. I think I call it the ability. I mean, what it really enhances for me is the ability to relocate and, and, and ignore the monotonous and, or sorry, the monotony of like something like running on the treadmill. Obviously yeah. it's, it's different in the summer when I had, when I can run out in the mountains on the trails um, like there's no, I wouldn't say there's much monotony to it. I'm just adding to the ex overall experience, but what cannabis can do in terms of, you know, like 90%, 99%, whatever it is of the population that doesn't have like a trail outside of their back door and has to go to the gym for their physical fitness, like fuck, what, what cannabis could do for them. I mean, yeah. they, they, you know, it takes away, like I lived that life. I, I, and, and it's nothing against it. it. Didn't, it just wasn't for me, but like to go to the gym five days a week at the same gym for every week of the year for years on end, like that's why people can't stay in shape because it's just like, it's no just one wants to do that, that same shit over and over again. Like yeah. that's crazy. And like, I mean, in cannabis can really change that experience for you. Like it, it can make it so much more enjoyable and take away from the monotony at the end of the day. Yeah, I like that. I never thought of it like that. I never thought of it like that. So what would you say is the best thing that they use for a run? Like which, what's the best way to go with dabs some flour or edible? You know, I think, so I, I'll, I'll mix it up. I mean, I almost always, go edibles um mainly because of the long the long lasting effect but that's specific to me because 
I, I mean, a lot of my runs are, especially in the summer, most of my runs are anywhere from five to eight hours. So mm. an edible, I mean, historically speaking, edibles usually last, you know, three or four hours. Yeah. And so, I've, so for me, I'll take 20 to 30 milligrams and that's, that's good for most of the day. Um, but like in terms of like that quick, like, uh, energy spike, um, I do like headband, um, any type of, uh, I believe it's called train wreck. There's like seven different strains of train wreck. It's all really strong sativa. Um, so okay. like right before a run, I'll take a, I'll rip a bowl of something, some type of high sativa. Um, but at the same time, like I'm taking edibles as well. Um, but you know, smoking only lasts for, I would say, you know, 45 to 60 minutes and it's, then it kind of, kind of wears off. Um, yeah, for the most but the com- I like the combination of the two. Well, speaking of lasting for 30 to 45 minutes, I'm about to enjoy some flour because this is <laughs> halftime on the halftime report. And you told uh, me, so usually, usually we have go. guests, you know what I mean? This is, I, I got me a little little uh, remainder of a joint from earlier. I went, so for me, my thing is cycling. This morning, I went, uh, I did my 10 miles on my bike. You know what I mean? I always get, that's my, that's my thing with the bike. I get my 10 miles. What kind of bike are you on, man? I'm on a Trek. I got a, uh, I got a Trek um, TRX3. So the, the 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 standard hybrid, fully aluminum. But I just, like I said, the meat of running, I, I, don't, I don't know what it, I, got, I think it's because of, I played football and then I played basketball. And both of them running was a punishment. So in my yeah, mind, yeah, if I'm yeah. just running, I'm, 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 I'm punishing myself. But something sure. about the bike has always just screamed freedom. And I guess that goes back to being a kid. So that's yeah, why the yeah, bike is easier me. too on the on the on the joints, man. Like long term, yeah. definitely. Where 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 do you where are you based out of? Like where are you usually riding your bike? I'm in Phoenix right now. Well, I'm I'm, I'm in a suburb outside of Phoenix called Goodyear. Um, but yeah, man, it's I, I love it I out exactly here. Yeah, I'm about to say I'm I'm from the city, so being out here. Being able to see the sky and the landscape and the mountains and not having buildings in every direction you look at. I remember my pop had said it when I first got out here. Me and him were driving one day and he was like, I like it out here because you could think. You know what I mean? So for me, it's just the, the ability to see that, have the freedom of the bike and this. Yeah, can't yeah. be. No, I mean, I think you, you're absolutely right there. I mean, any anytime you can get away from the city, it's... Uh, it's less distraction. I mean, that's, that's yeah. why you have the ability to think is just less distraction there. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, that's, you, so you're kind of hitting home on a point here too, where like, I'm, I'm actually kind of realizing cannabis has played a big role in terms of my long run is it's actually for me taking away from the thinking when I'm, when I'm in the mountains and especially when cannabis is involved, I'm focused on one thing and that is, that's the run. That's the trail. That's the next step. That's the next peak. Like, I don't think about things like I got the phone bill due. I got to pay, you know, I got to pay rent in a month or, or whatever it may be. Um, Like it just helps me kind of like actually live and and, and be in the present, be more in the moment. Exactly. In the present. So which one do you like more for running? Is it is it indica, sativas, or hybrids? Which which one? Man, I gotta be honest with you. I got I gotta be real. 
long as long as it gets you high like I'm, I'm, I'm good with all of it uh like honestly I almost always buy either sativa or hybrid sativa dominant um but at the end of the day like dude I'm gonna go run regardless like yeah. if we if we smoke an indica I will go run and, and you know yeah. maybe there could be some mild differences in the feel of the run or maybe the tempo but like at the end of the day this is like kind of hitting home on the fact that like for the longest time there's been this stigma on people that use cannabis being lazy and like it really doesn't matter what strain i hit i'm i'm still gonna go do the same shit i was gonna do without it because you work on your discipline outside of it now i think that shit is so important for people to understand like i've always told people if you work on things like discipline and, and 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 clarity and you meditate outside of the use of the plant when you get to it, it's not going to people act like it's going to do this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing where you're going to just lose all your ambition. Like, no, if you work on it outside of it, it only adds to it when you're actually using. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things I don't know if I think everybody's different, but for me, I, a few times a year, I practice just get, getting off of it. And, and it's you know, a lot of it, a large part of it, no doubt is the fact that I, ha- I like more or less have to before competition, but like by per USADA and WADA's rules, you really only have to quit like a week before. I mean, in theory, they say you only have to quit 12 days before, but I wouldn't trust that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and I, and I, you know, so much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I've always done where I take actually like three to four, sometimes five weeks off before a race. And that's four times a year. And, you know, it's just, it's a good opportunity to reset it because honestly, one of the greatest parts about taking these breaks is when you come back, it just makes like a simple 10 milligram edible, like really strong again. And I live, I live at a relatively high altitude so i just feel like it's even just like that more advantageous i was about to ask you about that i was about to ask you about that because i definitely so i I drove out here i'm from philly i came out here back in october and in flagstaff arizona where that shit's elevated like six thousand feet (laughs) and in denver i distinctly remember being like Yeah. Like, like, what the, like why is the weed so good but i realized the elevation played into it so what do you know the science behind that i actually do not know and and i could definitely attest to that um so we live we live at uh 9400 feet um which is one of the higher i think there's only one or two higher towns in colorado um and yeah i mean it, when i go anywhere oh, yeah. which is always lower than here it's yeah. it's it's you you don't you don't want any man i'll burn it down <laughs> yeah yeah i'm about to say it's smoke a motherfucker under the table <laughs> <laughs> but it's really nice to take those breaks man because it uh it, it resets the tolerance level and i mean i think it's just healthy it doesn't matter what you're doing just like i was talking about before the show like it's healthy for me in the summer to take that or in the winter to take that break away from running, even though that's the one thing I enjoy to do most or enjoy doing most, like whatever it is, there's yeah. balance and, and everyone's different. I'm not saying that, that you or anybody that listens to the show needs to take breaks from cannabis. But for me, that four, four different times a year for four weeks or, or three yeah. weeks, whatever it is, like that's, that's a really good opportunity for me to refine that balance in life. 
But one thing nobody can argue is that people who smoke weed are more conscious. At the end of the day, and I'm, I'm saying smoking weed this episode so much because I kind of want to just go at it. But like, you ever notice how somebody would be like, how high were you when you noticed this or that? And it's like, well, think about it. If you have to be high to see some shit like that another level, you're at a higher level of conscious. And I can hear that with you for sure. So I got to ask, did that play into your, because essentially you came out of the cannabis closet before it was cool. You know what I mean? The rest of us are kind of getting in while it's hot. But for you, you you were one of the, you were the, you were the first, right? It was me. It was me and Ricky Williams. It was you me the and Ricky so Williams, okay. right? That All was right. it. So y'all got this like Magneto and Professor X type shit going on. That's dope. Please tell me, like, what how did what was that time like? Uh, you, you mean so, so like being the first, like with that experience and and yeah, and man. making that that's that's that leap of faith? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, for me, I think a large part of it was frustration with um lack of current sponsors. So like I was. I was at the point where I wanted to become a professional athlete. So this was, this was 2014. I had now been running like consistently running, maybe not ultras, but training since 2011, 2012. And like, I started to think like, you know, I've been doing this for a couple of years and I seem to be progressing extremely fast. I was starting to grow confident in that. And the confidence wasn't coming from sp other sponsors and sponsors weren't wanting to, 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 you know, give me free shoes or whatever it was. It wasn't coming my way. And I was hanging out at a buddy's house right before I was going to run my first hundred mile race. It was in British Columbia and uh, up in the Rockies up in British Columbia. And we were sitting out on his porch and we were smoking a joint. And he's like, I can't believe you're about to go run this race and you're out here smoking a joint with me. And, and I was just like, well, I don't understand what you can't believe about that. Like there's like, there's nothing not to believe about it. And he said, well, when you get back, why don't we go ahead and pitch to the company I work for that they sponsor you? And that's essentially where it all started. Um, and once I was running for, so at the time it was American cannabis company, they were, they were more or less just a consulting company. Um, it was just like, it was, it was a way for me to get in, you know, I, it wasn't an edible sponsor or flower sponsor, but it was something. And, and in 2014, this was still, this was three years old in Colorado. It was, it was a foot in the door and that's, that's essentially how it blossomed. It was, it was more or less just frustration because I wasn't getting shoe sponsors. I wasn't getting nutrition sponsors. And if this was a window that I could take, it was like, you know what? I want to make a living off this. Like I'm fine with it. Huh? Like I, yeah, yeah. And, and he, I remember very specifically my friend, I mean, he, he was, he was up front. He was like, look, man, if you take this, like you might not ever get a shoe sponsor. Like this could, this could really change the path. And I was like, fuck them, fuck the shoe sponsors. And you know what the truth is, is most of those shoe companies, they're still hosing their athletes. They're not getting shit. So you know yeah. what? Like it, it was, it was the right route to take because the cannabis sponsors I did have, they were providing way more than most of my buddies that were running for shoe companies were. Yeah, man. Nah, that's like that's real shit to me. It, and, and this is the this is the part that kind of pisses me off. The, like that some people condemn it from a business standpoint. Um, and it's hilarious because in ten years it's all going to be on the same page. Like motherfucker, sports gambling is legal. Like do people exactly. understand where we're heading? As far, we're about to have like a post-prohibition like period with gambling and weed being uh, in alcohol's place. Like people don't understand how wild the West is about to get. But 
and we'll, and we'll be paying crypto for all of it. <laughs> exactly. Like this shit is about to be nuts. Like people don't understand. Like the twenties is going to be some shit. The thirties are going to be nuts. But um, yeah, yeah. but like I, I say all that to say, I, I do that whole fucking rant to say, at some point, athletes have to understand, like, yo, what are you really getting by not stepping up for this shit? And that's my my challenge to a lot of people who aren't like, who who are in the closet about it. Like, yo, think about how much you really are missing out on because of this and how much is x y and z really doing for you like because it's it's money being made off of it like you said a lot of these shoe companies and clothing companies are out here just straight pimping these motherfucking athletes and, and and they stock are going up and none of them have equity in the company and they barely getting anything that's another episode for another show but I, I i love that i love that your approach was pretty much just like fuck it i'm gonna be me i'm gonna stay true to me um because it's really look at look at what's going on. It's really no reason not to be. Uh, so speaking of your career, we're gonna shift gears again back to running. Uh, hundred and one kilometers. I don't I don't know what that. I'm about to look it up. But what that breaks down to with miles, but that sounds 60, like sixty three point two. Sixty three point two miles in only eleven hours and forty seven minutes. How? Where was that? I don't even know where that was. Where was that? <laughs> the, the ultra Trail uh, du Mont Blanc. Du Mont oh, okay. Blanc. I I was, I'm trying to get this shit right. Chamoy. Chamoy. I love it. Thank you. I hope I Thank said you. that right. <laughs> uh, you're good, man. You're good. So, so. My listeners specifically will really get a kick out of that, man. It's it's uh so yeah yeah, yeah. CCC in Cham it's called Chamonix, Chamonix, France. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, that you know that was I I don't know if I'd rank that among my like greatest performances ever. I had I had a good race. I ran a very strategic race from start to finish. Um, and, uh, you know, I just had some things that I was dealing with through, through that season and, and that race specifically. Um, but for those that aren't familiar with CCC, um, it's, it's a part of a series called UTMB. And this year I'll be running the actual UTMB, um, which is the hundred mile world championship runs around Mont Blanc and it runs from, uh, France to, um, Italy to Switzerland and back into France. And that last year, the race you're speaking of, I ran the 100 kilometer version, which is essentially the 100 kilometer world championship. Um, and, you know, I've, I've really developed a, a, in the last five years, a way of racing where I start um, relatively conservative and start to really pick apart the field towards the end of the race for all the people that, um, felt like they were going to run a course record that day, which, you know, at a race like CCC, um, you get, you get a couple hundred people that go out at course record pace and, um, mathematically, statistically, maybe one of those people will set the course record. And that's how I look at it. I, I look at it like I'm going to take the more educated, educated approach and save my body for the back half of the race and then just fucking destroy myself. Um, and so I, you know, I, I, not sure what specific position I was in. I think I was in as far back as like 67th and worked my way to 15th by the end of the race. Um, and 
it's it's a race that is not necessary so my I, I consider my wheelhouse the race so if, if I was you know in basketball you're you're a three-point shooter you like to drive to the hoop you got the crossover you've got the block whatever may be your thing my thing is the 100 mile distance um, however I'm an athlete that likes to try it all and I also take pride in being what I call a quiver a quiver runner I, I've ran every distance and I've been relatively accomplished at most but at the end of the day my bread and butter is the hundred mile distance. And last year um, I took the full year to actually get better at what I was not comfortable with. I mm -hmm. running, uh, running the hundred kilometer distance and especially running it in Europe. Um, Europe is where all the fastest runners are period. There's not really much of a debate there. Um, Why is the competition? That? The culture has been built around it for so much longer. Um, endurance sports are, are large part of European culture, whether you're a ski mountaineering athlete or a cyclist, ah. those two sports are like two of the biggest sports in Europe and ultra running has, yeah, yeah. And ultra running has become that. I mean, ultra running in Europe is what some of the biggest team sports here are. I mean, it's televised. It's, they're very big events that uh, like UTMB, they get it's something absurd, like a million people, um, around the course, staying in the cities to watch the race. Like it's. Well, I say, I feel you. I was, it was funny when you would, the part where you were talking about, uh, the CCC and like, which, which, what you were doing this year, I was cracking up like, yo, we need the fucking ether beat going off as he's explaining this. Like the way you were like <laughs> running through thing after thing was like, yes, <laughs> this city, I'm competing on this date. It was like, that. <laughs> NFTs, I heard you're big in this space. Please let me enlighten us. Yeah, you know, I just see where the internet or the web is going, or at least where I believe. And um, I, you know, I don't think there's going to be one particular currency that you pay for on any given website. Um, and I mean, that's that's already been de developed. Um, and in, in terms of the NFT space, I actually. <clears throat> I have minted one. Um, I haven't put it up for sale because I think there's a part of me that's kind of waiting for the right time. I think mm -hmm. it's a little early for me to try to, to try to, I mean, I'll be honest, capitalize on an NFT, but I, I want to get, I guess I think it's what's important for me to say, I, I'm a big fan of what NFTs do for people that are musicians, are athletes, are artists. And mm -hmm. For those of you that aren't familiar with an NFT um, in layman's terms, which is really the way that I understand it, and that's the only way you need to understand it, um, an example would be I created an NFT collection. So a collection of just really they're just JPEGs or photos that were taken of me at UTMB or CCC, and you can purchase those. And once you purchase those, you have full rights to them. And, and, and people would say, well, Avery, why would I purchase the rights to a JPEG that I can get on the internet and print a photo of you for for free? Yeah. And the argument there is a couple of things. One, you're investing in the athlete. This now gives athletes a platform in which their value is not dictated by sponsorships. Their value is dictated by the likeness of, 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 of that yeah. athlete. Yes, exactly. And now the consumers, the people that are always, they're buying, they're buying the shoes I run for, they're buying the apparel I run for. Now they don't feel the need to, to make their vote via the dollar on, on that product. They now can invest it in you. And then 
once more what they can do with that NFT or that collection of photos that they purchased in addition to whatever the hell they want to blow it up on a poster, put it on the computer, put it on their phone, whatever. They're investing in the fact that in the next few years, I'm going to compete. My likeness is going to increase. And now it's an asset. Now they invested mm. in an asset and they can resell that asset. What crypto is doing specifically for athletes, for musicians, for people that are self-employed in, in this kind of, in this sort of career is it gives them an opportunity to make money without needing any large corporation. I mean, and that's, mm. and that's what it is. That's what being a professional athlete is. Like you play for the NBA, you play for the National Basketball Association. Yeah. What crypto or what an NFT NFT can do is allow you to sell your likeness. And yeah. and yeah, you may not if you're in the NBA, you may not be able to sell a photo of you in your jersey playing basketball or dunking it over somebody, but you can go out and have photo you can have your buddy take photos of you whatever it may be. You can have someone create any type of digital art or it could even be a painting that's turned into digital art and now you can sell it legally. And you can make money for yourself without needing Gatorade or Mountain Dew or someone to do that for you. All right, man. So we got to wrap. Uh, any any closing uh, thoughts? Anything you want to plug? Oh, yeah. Just thank you to uh, Athletic Brewing. Um, that is exactly what I've been drinking here tonight. Um, and Method 7 Eyewear. Thank you, bro. Thank you for being on, man. It's been D-Ray. Yeah, I mean, my man, Avery Collins. Definitely, definitely stay tuned with everything he got going on. This is the Halftime Report, powered by Sports Cannabis. Thank you.